Okay, we are live. Okay. What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. It's uh, just me and old DeMarco today. Howdy, howdy. It's been a while. Um, yeah, the corona shit is sort of calming down, I think. No. Yeah, it's maybe. Yeah, it's getting maybe. much worse. Know. You know me, I don't watch the news. But a lot's happened, and I'm just going to go ahead and uh, throw everything out there. 2020 fucking sucks. 2020 is not very cash money. It's not. But I will say this. Uh, personally, it's been one of the best years of my life. Which yeah, same, is, is that same. weird? Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been like there's a lot. I mean, let's just hit everyone with everything they already know. Sorry, guys. Fucking Black Panther's dead. Chad's gone. That, oh, fuck, that, that was... fucking Kobe died this year. Yeah, I went to Twitter, which I never I still go can't, on. But like Kobe, Kobe dying, honestly... Feels like it was a century ago. It does. This this year has been like a time warp. I saw an uh, article right after that. Kobe was the uh, right after the Corona hit. It was like Kobe was the world, the glue that kept the world together. I was like, that's clickbait. Not clicking on that. But um, I there's went, an argument there. It, yeah, <laughs> I went on Twitter, which I, I never do. Um, you should. Twitter. Twitter is the, well, the edge best, of the sword. most toxic thing. But it's the find. edge of the sword for everything that's going on. It's right? very true. And so I went on there as soon as I found out the Chad died. And that crushed me. I didn't even know that. Oh, fucking. I know. I, I found it a day later. And there's just the first thing I see in trending. You know, Black Panther, or whatever. Chad mm -hmm. Butchwick, but what is Chadwick it? Boseman. Chadwick. Thank you, Chadwick Boseman. Thank you. There you go. Uh, when he passed away, was a picture of him and Kobe. And I was like, Oh, my day's fucking God. shot, dog. I'm glad I didn't see that. I would have been shot, crying son. in a ball on the floor. No, sad. I don't know how they're gonna replace him. Um, it, you, you just have. You know what? If I'm Disney. You don't. No, dude. He has an illegitimate child somewhere, dude. Nah, it's too yeah, cheesy. No, you have to do that. Some illegitimate child. He's got the fucking you the know thing on, cool? his, uh, on think... his inside of his lip, the tattoo. No, no, and no, And he no, just no. struggled. Dude, I'm down right in a script I guarantee right here's where it's going. I will be shocked if they don't do this. And if they don't, they should pay me because I could do it for them. His sister in the film. Black Panther's sister, who's the scientist who's that developing could, on the you stuff. You could do that. I think she's going to go Nightwing, and she's going to be Black Panther. Dude, that would be kind that of, would be dope. That would be kind of fucking wrong. I'm not. It's you know what? It'd be cool. It's, it's current bad, year. Do we not, deserve a female Black Panther? It's not a, it's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. It's super progressive. And it would be super easy you could to do fucking too. Sell it, make a lot. Everyone loves her, anyways. It'd be hard. It would be. A, an awkward transition to do for the film because he was alive at the end of every Marvel film to date, mm -hmm. and then suddenly have a film where, or maybe you just go into dead. like an alternate reality where he technically didn't come back. Hey, call JJ Abrams; he can retcon and then the, the fucking and then the fucking crowns up for for grabs, and it's Killmonger, and he's just a fucking like kind of a dark hero, See, like what, an anti-hero. For be me, into that. this like. You know, outside of the actual man, Chadwick Boseman, dying, which is just devastating because he was actually a, an incredible person, like just in Black Panther creative story stuff, is really sad because I really liked the film. But to me, the least sympathetic or like the person like Black Panther is supposed to be the hero of the film, but I didn't feel any emotional connection to him at all. I felt all of the the emotional connection, positive or negative, to Michael B. Jordan's character, dude, me too. I because was, he I had was a team Killmonger. He had a backstory. Sure. He had motive. He had everything. While they didn't do anything with, uh, what was his name? The character's name, Black Panther's actual name. 
King T'Challa. They didn't do anything with T'Challa. It was just, he's the king. He's good. He should be the Black Panther. Root for him. And I'm like, yeah, but this dude, his dad was murdered by T'Challa's, like, goons or his dad's goons. He fought for it. He was fighting for his country. He had, whether or not he's an anti-hero or not, he had all of the creative story. He had like an actual backstory, whereas T'Challa is just like, he's king. Yeah, bro, that shit. Dude, Killmonger's story was so fucking it was, raw. It was good. Dude, I was too. I was totally with him. I was like, let's overthrow the world. That's and why let's I was stoked us. for Black yes. Panther 2, because then you'd actually like, he's gone, so now you can focus on T'Challa and really build him up into this huge character, especially going out with them at the end of the film opening um, Wakanda. You know what? This is this. I love this part. I I was not expecting to nerd out right now, but let's fucking. Have yeah, you, you seen? You have to mark on. And have we're not you nerd seen uh, the HBO series um, Jordan Peele? I'm gonna have to pull this up. Just wish we had Mad Max here. Um, Redness. He's not goodness. dead. But no, he's not. What he's is it called? Uh, Lovecraft Country. I I have seen it advertised, but I have not watched it. Bruh. Good. It is fucking dope, and I'm not gonna try and give too. Much. I'm not gonna give a lot. Don't of tell. Away. Yeah, give me, give me the like basic. Like I'm looking at IMDb. 1960s, the right? Opening mm-hmm. scene. You see this brother mm-hmm. in the fucking Korea Korean War, just okay. getting fucking after it, and then all of a sudden you see a fucking alien craft like drop down this hot chick, and there's this monster, and then he wakes up and he's on a bus, oh, and he's cool. flipping off Kentucky, and he's like. Fuck you, Jim Crow. Is it actually He's going to Chicago? So it's, is it's it super, actually set in like the love, like HP Lovecraft universe? Or it is. It is set in the. It, they're saluting okay. the HP Lovecraft, the book, right? They're saluting yeah, the author, yeah. all the monsters and all all the things. The and old ones. You find out that this this character's going back to Chicago to find his dad. His dad wrote him a letter saying, "Son, you have a birthright. Your mother was right. You aren't." who you think you are and he's on a quest to find his father because he went missing Mm -hmm. in this town in maryland or something or massachusetts some small fucking town and um his uncle is like y'all go with you i write the green book which for those of you that don't know is a book where black people could find it like let's say you were a bb king or a Jimi hendrix or somebody traveling around in the south you found a safe place to stay towns you shouldn't go to towns that you're welcome to so he writes this book and he's like i'll go with you and it starts out you know there's some hairy moments with police <laughs> police it's a great it's the per- they released Boy, it at what the an perfect, alternate reality yeah, they, they released it at the perfect time and um and pretty soon it goes from like normal shit to monsters and fucking you're just like what is it's so dope dude i'll have to watch that because i like i like jordan peele a lot i he's a genius i enjoyed get out it was very good but i don't you fucking say it what do you didn't like his second movie fuck no i'm just about to say us was better than get out in terms of like horror film in terms of like cultural commentary uh Get Out was spot on, but I, in terms of like just straight up good horror film with like a really interesting plot and Welsh, the cinematography in all his films is fantastic. I know, but Us was great. I love that movie. Well, he's solid gold right now. Oh yeah, like you 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 get you get behind him. And I it just I seems... want to know what it's like to like. I mean, I don't know. I I like when I put out my first solo stuff. I had like 
success is a very small word. It was like success for someone who's never done something. Like I kind of got clout in a scene and sold a few records and played some shows and stuff. But like, I want to know what it's like to be fucking Jordan Peele that, or like even, even better than that is like Ari Aster, the guy that did uh, hereditary and uh, Midsummer. Those are the first two films he's released since he left film school. His first, so hereditary, which is, Oh, it's a very, very, very close second to The Shining for my favorite horror film of all time. It, that He dropped that after he fucking left school. Like, he'd never done small films. He didn't do commercial work. He didn't do anything. He fucking released Hereditary and got on probably the best film house right now or distributor with A24 and then put out, like, an absolute, like, an, a no-argument, all-time great horror film. Just, like, from the jump. Like, say, what the fuck is that like? I can't like? say that I've seen that, unfortunately. You haven't? I can't say that Do you I like have. horror films I fucking love them. You, know, I do. you have I listen, to see Hereditary. I listen to the No Sleep podcast. If you want a good horror podcast, Magnus fucking archives, do it. Okay. Also, uh, the After Horror podcast is very good. It's a, friend, it's a friend. I don't, I, you know, rip to Mike for not knowing this, but I don't know if they have a huge appeal, but it's a, my uh, bandmate and my friend Mike Orvis who lives in uh, Kent, England, and a group of his friends, and they all watch a horror film and then sit around and do, like, film school wanker. Are they affiliated with Rusty Quill? I don't know. We should look into should that, because that. that would sound... That sounds like a... Rusty Quill's a company that produces Mike a lot of Mike is somebody podcasts. I would like to, in the future, get on here, because he's a very interesting person Let's outside of just being a friend of mine. Let's fucking get him on, dude. But Let's that's said... We need guests. You in the have world to of see, Corona, they're hard to come by. You have to see Hereditary. That's... I mean, it's it's a fantastic film. This, the, like, I will sit and gush about the photography in both of his movies, but especially Hereditary, is it's... It's it's one of the best shot films period that I've ever seen. Okay, to watch. It's that. incredible. And two, they do a lot of. There's a plot point in the story that the Tawny Collette's character is an artist, and she does uh, miniature dioramas, mm-hmm. and the whole film alludes to that. And there's all these like there's a lot of forced perspective that's done with the shooting, where they will do uh, blend scenes between shooting actual miniature. Uh, like reproductions of the set and then blend them seamlessly into an actual shot of the set. And it's just absolute, like the opening shot on that film, stunning. And that's coming from a photographer's perspective, yeah. So what, like, what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? In going, in terms of just favorite film that's like enjoyable that I will watch over and over again and know the words or know the, the lines to like Die forward hard. and back. No, nah, Clue. <laughs> Clue? Clue. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that movie countless times and know every gag, every line, everything. In terms of like, like cinema favorite film, mm-hmm. probably 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. Or just I've, anything by Stanley Kubrick. I'm, that's, that's not tough. I get that. Yeah. I would say my one favorite of film default answer is the children of men that is a really good movie actually. that's a fucking fantastic film i love the children of men i think that that's probably one of my favorites and then uh you know what movie i need to watch again that i just Birdman. 
I have never seen that. Dude, I've heard really great things about it. Deals it deals with magic realism, and the cast is fantastic. Michael Keaton is amazing, and I just love that you really don't fucking know. Like That's you don't know if he's movies, crazy. You yeah. don't know if he has powers. You don't know. You just don't fucking. That's know. one of those movies that got a, like I think didn't it win Best Picture or Probably, it was up dude, for it. It was absolutely incredible. That's one of those films like the uh, the Prestige. Yeah. And things like that. I've never seen either of those films. And oh, not because I crazy. like don't like the people or the filmmakers. It just somehow never really made it on my radar to to watch. And I would like to. I like a I lot should. of like kind of movies where it's not all spelled out for you. Yeah. I I tend to stick to I so I used to watch a lot of comedies and action films. And as I've gotten older, I pretty exclusive not exclusively, but overwhelmingly tend to watch nearly all just horror films or sci-fi films. And I think it's because I know that like, I, this is dumb saying this, but like, I feel like there's the most originality in horror film and sci-fi film, even though like they're all like trope heavy and everything. But the sci-fi, like it feels to me, it it moves us forward. You look at some of the medical inventions that were on Star Trek that Mm -hmm. actually came true in the real life. I think the MRI came from there. And I, I like also, how in 2001 A Space Odyssey, like with the opening shot with him on TWA flying to the moon, like, yeah, like you that, know, that kind you know, of stuff. Yeah. These, are, that's, the, these are things that maybe eventually hum, humanity will be able to get to, but we probably should fucking focus on solving some problems That's first. one of the, that's kind the of like tangent problem. to this is like something that I have just like, it's just a thought that pops into my head fairly often. And I think it's because of like how shitty the state of the world is overall. I don't think it's Or current that. events at least. Yeah is like you look at films like 2001 a space odyssey or just like contemporary sci-fi films from that era and how positive the outlook on the future was like we'll have flying cars no one will have to work we'll have like everyone will be lifted out of poverty or have these incredible automation things that make human life better or like in real life how like when my parents were in college everybody was like studying like leisure studies because it, everybody thought there was going to be like three day work weeks and there was going to suddenly be this giant gap of time for everybody that they'd have to fill. Now every sci-fi film, like I can't really even think of a sci-fi film that's come out in the last 10 to 15 years that has a really positive outlook on the future. It's all very dystopian or horror based Wait, or just completely apocalyptic. This is true. I have to just hold the phone. 2020 has been a bit of a shitty year, but whoa, 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 whoa. In the spirit of inquisitive minds, motherfuckers, I was right. Aliens are fucking real. Oh, yeah. Dude, the Pentagon, I'm sorry. I just, this pod, we haven't talked in a while. No, that's one of those. The Pentagon, dude, they dropped. My phone just, my my apologies, folks. Also, sorry for the sound quality. This is a new studio. We have yet to do any soundproofing. This is true, new studio. Um, The aliens are real. The Pentagon just released that they had recovered craft that are not of this world. What's wild? They just released. That was like a few months ago. It was, was and no one fucking cared. It was a byline on, on like any channel. It was just like, Oh, the world's on fire. Coronavirus. Trump sucks. Oh yeah. Aliens are real. And everybody's like, Trump sucks. What? Dude, they, they haven't even retracted it yet. They haven't even no, said it's a misquote or they're anything. They're not going to. They it's just real. fucking let it out, dude. Which is crazy because look at look at Tom DeLonge. And if you're a oh, nerd, God. dude, hey, 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 I like off, angels and werewolves. Time, too. fucking out. 
He's a quack. He's nuts. He's he's he's, he's a he's going yeah. after it. He was right though. I was like they're gonna they're gonna be like two years. ago. I was like some shit's about to come out, man. It's about to come. And that was the that's the drummer, the guitarist for Blink One Eighty Two, right? Tom uh, he was the lead singer. Lead singer, yeah, yeah, yeah guitarist. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's always been about it. And angels and airwaves. Yeah, and come he's on. just. I mean, he as crazy as he he sounds, like dude was right. He predicted it. He called it. Maybe they were actually talking to him. People in the government. I don't, dude. I'm just saying. My I mean, world it, was wrong. I told one of my buddies. I told Scott, who's been on this podcast. I was like, "Yo, aliens are real." He didn't even know. He's like, "Yeah, dude, I know." I was like, "No, you don't." The New York Times had this this article. They dropped. They they were interviewing. I don't know who the fuck they were. I need to pull that. Up. Max, where are you? Uh, <laughs> um. And it was somebody, um, it wasn't it a former secretary of defense something or like somebody that, yeah. like an investigator for yeah. the de- defense department something or something like that. But it was, it, and he, and he, he's just went on talking about stuff. And then about 10 minutes later, he's like, wait, what? That was in the New York times, man. That's my Bro. Scott impression. Yeah, and, uh, I was like, yeah, dude, look at it. He's like, uh, my day is gone. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's something that I, that's always been something I've been interested in and always assumed I mean, anybody who's listened to this show before knows I'm not the biggest fan of, of government, especially ours. Um, I always assumed it was, there's, I mean, even if you take just the Occam's razor approach to it and don't conspiracy theory at all, like there's how many hundreds of sightings and crash reports and all of this actual paper trail of shit that's happened over the last hundred years or so, 50 years, 50, 60 years. And like it happens enough, it's probably true. Yeah, oh. and here at least we are. at least like a minuscule amount of the sightings and cases are true, and then you have the. I mean, even if you assume that like maybe five percent of them are real, that's still hundreds of cases. Oh yeah, you know that's what, enough to be. What was like, it that did it for you? Which one? Um, hmm, it's a good question. I think it's the 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 Tic Tac one with was, Commander David Faber. Uh. It was the one that the Navy that's command- had like several days of sightings off the west coast of Mexico. Yeah, that's that's Commander David yeah. Faber. Um, yeah, that, that, was- that was one. I was already pretty much on board, but that kind of enough. It's all of the ones that are sightings by not just military people, but specifically people who are like fighter pilots who are the top 1% of the 1% of humans in terms of. Uh, you know, attention and observance because they have to be because everything happens so fast that they're seeing this shit and they're like, I don't understand. And then seeing things like their, uh, like the Tic Tac one, they had all of the the video from the FLIR cameras mm-hmm. and seeing how the thing moved, it, it unless, uh, if they, like I remember in one of them, the guy goes, isn't it, it just, it's like a fleet of drones and then it just starts like zigzagging everywhere. And unless there's some drone technology that, whatever government that's doing it isn't sharing that they've broken the laws of physics. It's definitely not either this earth. Either way. Yeah. Either way. Let's just, let's just assume there's not either way. Let's say Russia has this new technology (laughs) and they're testing it. That's probably a word or China. That's probably probably a worse fucking outcome for us than it is. If it's like just some alien race, that's studying us, uh, us lower hominids or or these, if if there is anybody, if there's anybody else on the planet that could do that kind of thing, it's either the Germans or which I guess the basis of this is German technology from world war two, but it's, 
contemporary at least it's the chinese the there's no way the russians the russians are chinese lap dogs they they have big chests and puff and do all this shit but they couldn't do they couldn't invade a country if they tried right now well, if anybody sure actually could. like resisted them like they rolled over ukraine cuz nobody gave a shit but if they if people actually fought against them they'd collapsed instantaneously who knows We'll never know. We'll never know how much power old Putin is wheeling. Although he's a fucking gangster, bro. He's, yeah, I'm sure he's a. Ter- I don't know a lot about a him. Person, he's probably a terrible human being. But oh, absolutely. He's a fucking gangster. How probably, many people have they killed? Probably like, a fucking trillion. He's probably the wealthiest so, man on the planet. He's so secure in his position. How many? Like there was a, who the their uh, one of their or the opposition leader in Russia was just poisoned by, by the FSB. With Novichok, which is their um, neurotoxin that they use on, that has been used to kill like at least three or four other very public, high-ranking opposition Russians. Wait, how long? Yeah, how long has he been in power? Like, what? Like, how long has Putin? At least since I was like ten, so at least twenty years. Because I think he either was or came into power when George W. Bush was president. Yeah, and he's just figure out. He's like edited, like just usurped their constitution and rewritten it to make it so that he's basically president 16, for life. Sixteen years. Yeah, it's been a long. It's been a while. So he was. Um, he was he the was, prime minister, and then he became the president, and now he's. Or yeah. no, he was the president, then the prime minister, and now he's the president again. Yeah. For, so he had. For yeah, life, he had eight much. years. He had from ninety nine to two thousand and eight, and then he had two thousand twelve to now. So is he running again? He doesn't have to run. Well, just hold it. Hold on. I mean, Let's yes, just, yeah, yes. Good. I, man. Quote unquote running. So but, I you put, know. no, they've got a democracy over there. Dude, things have changed. Come on, okay. man. Okay. Just he like how the, the president of Belarus won by like 96%. Dude, I'm sure he's a fine man. Oh, Did, yeah, dude, they sure. didn't rig that election. Come on, man. Hey. Where's your faith, dog? Yeah, my faith in Eastern <laughs> Europe. My family escaped <laughs> Eastern Europe. Dude, they are, it's, who knows, man? That's going to be very interesting. That so the, wait, it's an election year for Russia too. It's close, I think. I I don't There's even know how so they're much fucking discontent. I don't know there. what their cycle has become because I know the last time that he ran and was elected was at, I think at least six years ago. I think, and it was when Obama was president and he won, not like. Not like how Kim Jong-un wins like by 99% or something like that. He won like very suspiciously large, but not like overwhelmingly. But I don't foresee them actually having, like if they have people who run against them, like I know there is a lot of opposition in Russia, but they're not going to let them win. Dude, shout out to North fucking Korea, dude. And that place is a... First off, they have one card. And they've been playing that card <laughs> since, since the Korean the War, dude. Dude, they are masterful at their one. They don't do anything. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's just a giant drug ring. That, oh yeah, that's, that's how they fund their shit. A drug ring, or it's just uh, it's just a mafia state essentially for the for Kim Jong Un's family. Well, it is at because this point. he gets money from. There's a oh my goodness. There's an the upper class people. They're like the the top one percent. They're running drugs. They're running meth. They're just uh, running contraband. Opium, in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To make money. Yeah. And then he taxes them. So they're kind of in this really weird. It's like a it's like a state 
sponsored pyramid scheme, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's multi. Allows it, imagine Lula Rubin as a dictatorship. To own property in, but these guys are able to get some of the most bougie fucking. See, that's the thing is like I, and, I have, I am, I am sympathetic to the people like that want to make a better world, like especially in my generation and and like around my generation here that like talk about how great communism would be or socialism, you could make some things happen, but like how communism wouldn't be bad. But the problem with communism is that essentially for it to work, you have to have a, a near authoritarian control over everything. And it just doesn't work because you can look at every quote unquote social, not socialist, but communist state. And they're all essentially dictatorships for whatever, like however good they are, they're all dictatorships. No one has any control or any power except for like a handful of people that get everybody. It's essentially everyone's poor, but like a very small amount of people. It's essentially the system we have now, except instead of it being people manipulating the free market, it's just the government stealing money. Are you ready for this election year? Christ. (laughs) I don't see a good outcome, honestly. They both suck. Everyone sucks. There was like, like, okay, so like I'm an OG Ron Paul Bro. person. I worked for Ron Paul. I represented him at a convention. I loved Ron Paul. We I thought he Ron would have been Paul. great. And I came around to Bernie Sanders because he was essentially Ron Paul, but with the a, opposite direction. Well, he's like Bernie's like a mercantilist or like a he's a market capitalist. He's not a free market capitalist. So he's essentially close enough to what I want. And his social policies were amazing you know, better than anybody I had seen. And his plan to do it was workable and it would have been good for everybody because it would have crushed the military industrial complex, which is the main root of our problems in this country. But I, I, I mean, Biden is essentially, he's literally a puppet. It's, it's what the Democrats are doing to him is elder abuse. It's awful. He is, <laughs> he is absolutely senile. He's in, in the middle of the throes of Alzheimer's and Trump is in early stages of Alzheimer's. You can tell from the way that he acts and his body language and all of that, that you basically get to, do you want to have authoritarians that dress in red or authoritarians that dress in blue? It's not that, that's your choice. Like, he and I'm so again. pissed. At, I liked Bernie Sanders a lot, but I am so pissed at him. He sold the fuck out so fast. He put up, no, he actually, he was Ron Paul. If Ron Paul had a shot and he had a legit shot, like he was the only one Ron statistically. Paul had a shot. I'm pretty sure he won Iowa, and I got oh he could have super he, fucking. So the thing is, is Ron Paul close. could have actually done as well as Bernie Sanders had the Republicans not manipulated the party from the beginning. It's fucking bad. Because he would have crushed. Well, the, he ran as a libertarian which, in the 80s. Yeah. Well, no, not no. I think I think. Are we, did he run as a Republican? I don't remember. He Listen, was. He ran Ron as a libertarian. Paul motherfucking is, revolution. Rand, you suck. Oh, You're a Rand bitch. Paul. And you should have you should have been more like sellout. your dad. Total sellout. But uh, you know, outside of politics, man, um, culturally it ain't good, bro. No, but I will say this, and this is gonna sound crazy, and this is my just my belief, right? Like as a as a black man, I can't change my circumstances, so I had to change myself. So I fucking embarked on a journey within. And when that first video came out, the first thing I did was I read uh, Nelson Mandela's A Long Walk to Freedom. And I just kind of looked at <clears throat> a lot of the protests and shit and all all the craziness that's going on. I was like, I don't know how many of these motherfuckers are willing to fucking 
wait 20 or 30 years in prison to see change. Like they're yeah. willing to break shit. So I was like, I don't know if I want a part of that. I, I just want to be the change I want to see. So I started fucking doing shit. Started picking up trash. I started, I was, well, I mean, let's just be real here. This is a long story, but during the onset of Corona, your boy just fucking drank a lot. Dude, every, I, I was fucking did. getting hammered. Everyone gained 10 to 15 pounds yeah, just, just from doing just a drinking. bunch of drugs. Just not <laughs> just from drinking. crushing it. But I I quickly took a look in the mirror and I like I was like oh, I'm getting kind of fat, I'm getting soft, and uh, I realized it wasn't happening. I just wasn't adjusting because I'm a a very extroverted person. I wasn't adjusting well, and so it was like as soon as the gyms open back up, I'm starting a 75 hard. And I think I may have mentioned that on the podcast. You did a couple times, but it wasn't, you hadn't started it or you were like weeks away from starting it. I fucking finished this bitch. And um, I lost 21 pounds and I'm shredded again, which is nice. Still got a long ways to go, but basically the tenets of this program are you have to exercise twice a day. One exercise must be outside and each of those exercises must be 45 minutes minimum you need to drink a gallon of water a day you need to read 10 pages of a business or personal development book each day you must take a progress photo each day zero alcohols zero cheat meals and you also have to pick a diet and stick to it so i chose paleo because there's a lot of cheat codes and I've ate that way before, no grains or legumes, legumes, I don't know. And um, I just, I just got after it. And let me tell you, it was the best thing I've ever done. And one of the most challenging, there were days where I'd go to the, I went to the gym every day during those 75 days. And sometimes normally I'd run in the mornings or in the afternoons and lift in the evenings. And some days I just could didn't even have it in me. I just have to go on a 45-minute walk. But it, 45 the, minutes of walking is essentially like going for at least a three-mile run. Yeah, yeah, you know? right. So I, draw, I dropped a shit ton of weight, lost all the, the beer, the beer, little beer gut I had, lost that. So, But I will say like through doing that, the, the discipline that was instilled in me and me realizing that like I'm a very need to be a very active person. I was never sad during this. I was never depressed because I was always working towards something. So I realized the type of mind that I have, I must always be in within reach or reaching towards better word, a goal. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't had that in a while. And I mean Becoming something that I hated is lazy and, and a little bit obese was like the motivation I needed. And, and so I'm feeling attacked here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get hard, motherfucker. That, so There's no excuse. Tandem to the or a tangent to this. I am going to do a a 75 hard, but it's going to be kind of my version of it. No, nope, do the real one. I am, but my version will be I have to do an hour of creative work every day instead of because you are an entrepreneur. I'm yeah. creative, yeah. so I want to play into what I'm really trying to build towards. So I'm going to do the 45 minute, at least 45 minutes of exercise twice a day, one outside, you know, stick to a diet, all of that. I'm just doing the creative work instead of reading an entrepreneur. Book. Oh, that's fine. Also, reading read a book. Dude. Unfortunately, reading just doesn't work with my brain. I try, but my uh, my ADHD is so wild, even medicated, that I can't 
focus long enough to read. Yeah. In any um, kind of like, I can read articles on the internet, but even that's a struggle. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm doing that too. Cause yeah, I've gained the, what did my, my mom and my fiance came up with? It was the quarantine 15, yeah. you know, that I probably, I probably gained about 15 pounds too. And it's from, honestly, all of it is from mid-March to early May of just crushing yeah. drinking yeah, so yeah. much. Cause yeah. like, what the fuck else are you well, supposed I mean, to do? I say this like, I, and I guess I'm preaching a little bit, but it's like, motherfuckers, everyone, let's change ourselves. Yeah. Let's, we can't change the situation. Let's change it. Let's read fucking books. Like I yeah. learned that the government had a program where they transported, uh, people of that were underprivileged and moved them out to like an area that I'm in, which is, uh, West Lynn and or something like that, an upper middle mm. class area, right? It's like and the busing thing they for fucking schools. thrived. No, some they moved them. They oh, actually yeah. moved like them and their, their families, lives, yeah. uprooted their lives. And everyone, it's just about which situation you screw up. I mean, we've got fucking problems, but I mean, you know. So you and my you and my dad are very. My dad is a football coach and has been an athletic sports organized sports person his whole life. And I vibe with the positivity aspect, but then also, I am. Unfortunately, inherently, I'm not a pessimist, but I'm like I consider myself like a pessimistic optimist, yeah, or a, like a realistic optimist. Where you have a, the like, while I agree with you, everybody has to do something to get along with everybody to like be the change they want to see in the world, and that cheesy phrase. But it's kind of hard when there is a legitimate system that is fucking people over constantly, of every. And it's not the race is a red herring. It's about class, and it always has been. It's and it's and it's more it's more apparent now than it was, say, when I was like a kid, kid in the '90s. You know, the social classes were much closer, and the mobility between classes was very, very, very easy to do. Like if you worked your ass off, you could get there because the ability to earn money was easy and the system was more open than it was now, even though it was starting to close. Now it's the, we don't, we don't have a free market. We have a false market. I, I have to respectfully disagree with you there. Well, okay. Let I me, think... let me, there's nuance to my, let me, let me get into the nuance. Okay. In terms of the greater market, we do not have a free market. In terms of like between individuals on a low level, it's a wide, wow, wow, west free market. But when you get to a certain level in any industry, because of the way that money is God to, in this country, whoever has the most money in whatever industry can set the rules. So you have like the pharmaceutical industry is the big popular one. And the agriculture industry is the same where you have the top companies have the most money, they have the most influence, they have former executives or counsel who go and like in agriculture, they go sit on the USDA board and then they go and work for that old company and it's just a revolving door. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith of things getting better. I don't think that that's necessarily our biggest problem though. What do you think is? I think our biggest problem to me is like the energy crisis. Yeah, well, I think that that's long like, term. Like, yeah. I look at I look at like where we live and like the air that we breathe and the water that we're using and shit. It's like, dude, if we could solve the energy crisis, 
that would I feel like eliminate a lot of a lot of a lot of hostilities in the world because most of most of most wars are fought over resources. So if we had enough energy, oh, all, to just, all, yeah, all, all wars, wars are fought over resources. It yeah. used to be fought over salt. salt so yeah, I, feel I was like just going to say, solve that problem. Welcome to sixth grade social studies, the West solve, African salt wars. We could solve the energy crisis, and then and then the next crisis for uh, d- uh, domestically would be like we need to fucking get people out of jail. Yeah. Well, black men, see, Latinos for non-violent drug offenses. Like, if you look at it from, like, listen, I was blessed to have two parents that fucking loved me and did a pretty good job. Didn't ruin me, right? Like mm-hmm. that. That to me is a giant, massive advantage. Also, come from a very multicultural family, right? I've got black, white, Asian, Indian. It doesn't matter. Race doesn't make sense to me, and I've said that on here before, and it Dang. never has. Never was. I think I, honestly, I think anybody who's ethnic. And has like an ethnic, like their life is rooted in an ethnic culture, not American culture, but like an actual, like, you know, any country's culture. Race doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It, so, it's, it's a very American phenomenon. So, so that's, well, no, that's also Brazil. That's not, that's not right. But anyways, because well, you've got Brazil, you've got, anyways, but like well, what, what, I'm, yeah, what I'm trying to say is what, like. I think Western Hemisphere, yeah, maybe. Potentially. Yeah. Mm, or like New World, so North and South no, America. No, because you, even in, in in like the Rwanda, you had the Tutsi and the Hutu. No, no. But that's it's tribal. Like, no, no, no. And that's no. ethnic. It's still fucked up, dude. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that there isn't racism anywhere yeah. but here, but yeah, I get what you're saying. So what, but what I'm trying to say is like you have, like if you look at it from a, a an evolutionary standpoint, right? Like, so as you incarcerate more people that look like me for non-driving drug offenses and lock them up for ridiculous sentences, sentences, that's a form of slavery. You get cheap goods from them. But you also have the people left in those communities, men, Mm-hmm. They now the supply of them is incredibly low and the demand is very high. So it's harder. There, why the fuck would they want to settle down if they've got three, four, five ladies and you know that's yeah. not fucking good. So if we can bring these men back, I'm just saying that might be a step. And so and then also make them. Um, give them an opportunity, forgive them. If you have a felony, like and it, it goes off your record, you should be able to get a job, right? And, and, and again, once you get out of jail, if you have a felony on your record, you serve your you serve your sentence and you're released because you served your sentence. You should have every single one of your rights restored. There's an argument to be made for gun rights being kept away if it's a violent felony. Yeah, but. Other than that, you should be able to do everything that you could do before you committed your felony. Some of these fucking people that are dealing drugs, they're running a fucking company. Some of them are very, look at the cartels. Some of those companies are the fucking Who was the the philosopher? It was a French or German philosopher that was the one that said that, uh, I think it was French, that the state is the has the monopoly on violence. Oh, dude, I don't know, but that's 100% true. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, so the reason, there's a lot of, like, so... Slavery, right? Slavery never really ended. It was just changed. The 13th Amendment is a joke. It technically freed black people from slavery, but and it outlawed slavery, but it really changed it to be, we're all slaves to corporations if we work because like when I worked at Starbucks, fuck Starbucks, and I will say that out loud because I no longer work there. We're going to get sued. That's fine, whatever. <laughs> what are they going to do? Take all my money? They already did. Um they pay they exploit poverty by paying well like barely above minimum wage wherever they are they the health care that they give is a joke it's not really that good it's good if you work your ass off and it's your second income and you're only there for the health insurance but if it's your primary job it cannot be your primary job if you were anything but management they 
they play around with people's hours that, I mean, it, Starbucks is just an example because I have a personal experience, but this is no You're different than anyone. Right yeah, there's no different than anyone. It's, it's, okay, I'm off topic too. You uh, are, buddy. Drugs. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> slavery, drugs, prison. The 13th Amendment changed it. Instead of people being, be, being able to be owned by an individual, they are now owned by the state. Pretty much. So if you commit a crime, whether it's your setup or it's free will and you get caught, you go to prison. You are now a felon. You get out of prison. It. I mean, what is it? I just saw something. The recidivism. What is it? Recidivism. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, rate of two years, I believe, is twenty. No, it's fifty percent of people who get out of prison within two years are back in prison, and after five years, it's seventy-five percent yeah. or seventy-six percent. It's overwhelming. Do you know about Bard University? No. It's a documentary you should might maybe want to watch where they let these prisoners into Bar University or Bard University, mm -hmm. and they end up outperforming all of their top students. I mean, first of all, they ain't got shit to do but to learn. But they're like these. It's not that these people are dumb. They just haven't been given an op, op, an opportunity to learn. Yeah. And once they get out. With this education, they have skills, and we. I'm just saying, like, there's a mat. There's how much. Well, it's because this the prison system think. is not a rehabilitation no, it's system; not. it's a punishment it's system. A pun Dude, we need to get fucking away from punishment and onto forgiveness yeah. in this fucking country. Seriously, and now I'm gonna rant to go. because it is this is go. this in this world of fucking cancel culture and just just venom and violence and people not talking it's like dude we all need to learn to forgive we all need to take a look instead of pointing to, our finger to an extent, at, there's instead of pointing our finger at someone else we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and be like what can i do how can i be better how can i be the best version of myself i need to change myself before i can even begin to think about changing the system right we all need to be the best versions of ourselves or at least like working towards that before we can even even expect any sort of change right and also it's like if someone makes a mistake, says the wrong thing, maybe it was a little racist four years ago. I was like, dude, you can't fucking hold that against them for the rest of their life. No. Like, you, we got, we you have should to be fucking, able to, you have to give people there a chance to, to grow. There needs to be a road fucking back. There has to be a road back because, to be honest, most anybody in the on the planet has got some weird fucking shit in their closet or they do weird maybe they like feet i don't fucking know i'm not gonna judge you for that though watch out rick uh <laughs> rex ryan he's coming for you <laughs> so i agree with you uh, though i will say there has to be forgiveness to an extent there's mm, no if it, so it there's one thing between having hateful thoughts that are based on ignorance and there are there's a difference between people who have hateful thoughts like truly hateful, there's no coming back from that. Like, Ooh. you know, like there's like, a, what is it? There's a documentary on Netflix and I saw it and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a guy, a uh, black man from the South that he's a uh, like a very well-known blues musician that his life's goal is he goes and tries to befriend and Dude, bring this, people this, this out is, of I don't know the KKK. A, I don't know if this is a documentary. This is this guy's name is Daryl something. Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis. Yeah. Yes, he, it was uh, a documentary. I, I think maybe on CNN. I, I don't. Think. I read. I read this article like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But it's Daryl Davis, and this blue, this changed my mind on racism completely. But can continue. Well, sorry. So, like I said, he his his goal and his I guess hobby or life's goal is that he goes and takes these people who are high ranking members who are racist high ranking members of the KKK and gets them to give it up 
and he befriends them. And because yeah, 99% of people who are racist is it's just ignorance. They don't understand other cultures. They buy into stereotypes. They are just like, they buy into propaganda about other people, the other, the unknown, the scary other people, the immigrant, the black person. It doesn't matter. Um, Without having any said interaction with those people. They just believe the stories that they've been told. So I think you can probably take, like I said, 99% is probably like a a hopeful estimation, but an overwhelming percentage of people who are racist. And actually, they're decent people that you can actually get them to not be racist and have good, like actually live by the values that they espouse that are good. But there's a lot of people like, uh, like cancel culture is like, it's a very like, I, I'm okay with it to an extent. Like no, I think a lot you? of the a lot of the things like Harvey Weinstein. If we didn't have cancel culture, we wouldn't have what happened to him. He can go burn in hell and go in prison for life. I don't care. Like there's no forgiveness for that amount of evil that he did. And a lot of work that people have done in cancel culture of rooting out cops and government officials who collaborate with. Like not just like the popular calling someone a Nazi, like actual neo-Nazi white supremacists, rooting them out and running them out of town, like tar and feathering them out of here. I'm okay with that. But it's when it goes wild that if somebody has an opinion that's based in ignorance and they say something stupid, everybody jumps on them and their life is ruined. It's too then dangerous, that's where the fatigue. Yeah, see, that's the problem. It's is too there's dangerous, no, dude. You can't have it. But it's, it, do, it no. does. It does do good. But I don't. No, I'm not dude, convinced. It, I think it if does the more, good is overwhelming it's, of the bad. It's stifling speech, and and, and well, the government's doing enough. About but it, it, it's then we don't need fucking more coming from within. No. It's stifling speech and discord, and it, and it, and it, and it, what it's promoting is tribalism, and that people and and if you have a different idea than I do and I don't agree with it, you fuck you. You need it. And also, what do we do with like uh, people like Louis C.K. Oh, he's just a dumbass. There's a timeout. Like, well, I mean, he's also tr- he's fucking, also a sexual predator. They fucking tr- no, dude, no. They I tried mean, to, dude. He literally just jerked off. In front yeah, of but asked them if it was okay. Yeah, yeah, but then you get into the whole dynamic of you can't tech. Oops, you can't act technically like. The women in that scenario are not, it's not an equal power setting. It's, they're not on an equal footing. So you, somebody I, below you can't I've, I've really give consent to something like that. Saying, Why don't you just leave the, the room? And who, and, yeah, and who, of, know, these, who but, of these comedians is fucking famous now? Oh, I don't know. I don't really That's follow the I'm, I'm just, but I'm, but I'm throwing it out there. But, and also, like so, it's Louis C.K. He's weird as fuck. Like, I right. mean, and we were all kind of like, yeah. Yeah, but when you get when he's weird as fuck, you should have known all of that. But when you say, him, but when son. it's the same thing as like saying like somebody who like a person who goes walking at night, they get attacked or raped, know, and then th- you th- say those like, are two different. That he literally well, jerked off yeah, in front but, of someone. Well, no, 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 no. And at what time asked? Can I do this? Yeah, but that's, I think that's where that's where we break is because when if it were just like if it were like say you pick up a girl at a bar or you meet a girl at a bar you go back to her place your place or you meet on Tinder or whatever and you get alone and you say can I jerk off in front of you that's you're in a power dynamic where it's equals when you have somebody who's famous or somebody who is powerful from business or politics. Louis C.K. would be famous, so that is a type of power over somebody in terms of influence. None of those women were on the same, and I'm not talking like physical, emotional, You're talking on the mental. same social status. I'm just talking social status because celebrity means a lot in this culture. 
So someone who is of a higher social status, it's no different than say like if Louis C.K. was a businessman and he's a manager and someone below him in the management structure is with him and he says, can I jerk off in front of you? <laughs> Regardless if she's into it, Sorry, it's, it's stupid. It's so hilarious. You can't, she, in terms of consent, she can't actually really consent to it because it's not, it's not just, out of a power vacuum. Dude, there is, that is a thing. I can't agree with you on that. You, you can fucking say no and walk out of the room. I mean, I'm not going That's, to. I, I know, I'm not going but to. I, I understand, but for, but just, for me... He's a sexual predator you're, because you're, he exploits his power oh over people. I think you're crazy. No, I we mean, can, but you know, what? I've been I sexually was, assaulted too. I, like, what? Yeah, you fucking coming to dropping this on the yeah. show right now? Yeah, don't Bobby leave me with this. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm being serious, and it comes from a power dynamic, and it's not like it's not like a BDSM power dynamic kind of thing, which is those relationships are based on power dynamic, but it's based on consent. When there's a power dynamic that is not two equals, when you are of different, vastly different power dynamics where you do not agree to be on the same power dynamic or bring yourself down or equalize, you can't actually, whether or not you are freely giving consent, you're being influenced by somebody's power dynamic. It's the same thing as like, like groupies, who go after like musicians. Of, That's a power of, dynamic that musicians are exploiting. In terms of the law. Yeah. He didn't break any laws. Uh that's a gray area. Like it's if just, you're just going to read the letter of the law verbatim then yes, but if you want to get into ph- philosophically he oh, did. Man. I don't there's no way. Yeah. He, they were they were they were they were asked a question and given an opportunity they were. to yes but, no question. Well, but here's the difference though. So there was no they're in a situation where I assume, I don't know, but I assume the women that went with him went to his shows because they enjoy his comedy. I think they were fellow stand-up comics, but I do have to say but this. Still, okay, well, okay, let's go with that angle. Okay. Fellow stand-up comic, you're starting out. You meet Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is wildly successful. He's had his own titular television show. He has done how many tours and had how many specials on very, like, widely available mm-hmm. networks and distribution systems. If you're in a situation where you feel like you have to compromise your ethics or if you don't compromise your ethics, it could damage your career because he could easily have gone in with a, another startup stand-up comic who he tried to do that and they said no. Besides the fact that they're alone with him. They could, he could flip and they could be in danger if they say no. So they feel influenced to say yes. Just from the career aspect, he could easily be like, fuck that person for no reason and just make up some bullshit. And he's got so much clout in the industry. Yeah, he yeah. could do whatever. That's a power dynamic yeah. thing. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. I, so they technically and really legally can't consent to that exactly. because they are not exactly. equal. So he yeah. is asexual. And I, I will, I disagree, completely unequivocally disagree with what you're saying. I will say this before I say my piece. Uh, I can't understand the, I can understand where you're coming from, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, that just, said, I may not everyone, be explaining it very no, well. No, you're, but, you're explaining it very well. Um, I just don't get it. My brain, I don't know if I can allow my brain to go into it's that. It's like how, like, this is a, uh, for some reason, I'm very fascinated in, by BDSM relationships, mm. just from like a psychological <laughs> okay, standpoint yeah, I understand. of how they interact. Yeah. And it's how, like, in the BDSM world, if, you know, there's a lot of like kinks that play with age play, right? Yeah. So if you are a minor, 
regardless of your cognitive ability, you cannot consent because you are a minor with an adult who is over you. Yeah, but real quick, because I do want to say my piece. Mm-hmm. Everyone that came out against him, and in 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 the world of comedy, you got to be hard as fuck. It's one of the hardest jobs there right. is. But everyone that said yes, they don't have fucking careers. So what well, is it? I'm just saying. But I'm, ju- I'm okay. just I'm ju- I'm, ju- I'm just no, I'm literally I, I just, just saying you got to be saying... fu- you got to be fucking strong enough as a person right. to say no. But I don't you're want that. you're also playing with it's a, it's it's so hard because it's such a nuanced subject. Yes. And also on top of that, you're in a culture that generally doesn't tend to believe survivors whether or not it's unequivocally proven. There's going to be people that are going to advocate for him no matter what whether they're personal friends and they have good experiences with him or they're just comedians in the industry and they don't want to have their clout damaged or their career damaged, so they're going to go with the dude who's bigger. You know, it's it's more nuanced than just, you know, all the people that were involved with him don't have careers. Here's the thing, man, and this is but this is what I've always wondered. And this is like, let, let's say something like this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Do you just fucking disown me? I just literally asked someone if I could jerk off in front of them, and they said yes, and then it comes out that they didn't feel comfortable. Like, well, just it, just hear me out. I don't know. Are you it, the fucking type of person that if something like that happens, are you fucking like, nah, fuck you, that's ridiculous? Or you're like, wait a minute, what? It so would that's, be, but, so, dude, the world needs more people that no, are like, there needs, ride or there needs die. to be somewhere that's so like to the degree, like, I mean, you can't really nuance like sexual predators if there's some way that he can unequivocally show that he is not doing that type of thing again then it's something that i think should be forgiven to an extent but it's it's hard because i've gone through it and i know people who have gone through it who are very close to me and i would have a hard time forgiving is one thing but being okay with or trusting that person because it says to me if they are willing to violate a sense of trust or an agreement or just like an unspoken agreement with something as important and intimate as sexual activity that everything else that they agree to is suspect and it would take a hell of a lot I wouldn't disown you. I wouldn't just completely you'd be out of my life from the from the start. But it'd be tough. Because it's one thing to be like, you know, yo, I stole some money. Yo, I broke into this place. I did I did some shady shit in business. You know, I fucked somebody up. You know, we had a fight and I killed him. You know, that's one thing that I think you can move past. But for, I, I don't know. There's something so, very deep about that that it would take a well, lot. Well, I mean, it seems like you have a little bit of trauma here. Oh, do I have trouble? Yeah. Have well, I been depressed forever? Uh, <laughs> no, of course I do. I mean, yes, it is. A, it is a. It is a topic that is very close. First off, to my heart. Um, do you want to talk about this? Uh are we going here? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I don't care. What happened? Um. So it's something that's just it's it's a situation that happened to me a while ago in a past relationship that I won't go into extensive detail, but I was in an extremely weakened state mentally and physically and also in a power dynamic that was wildly shifted away from me. 
Um, and I was coerced or pushed to do things that I did agree to did, in the time. Okay, but that's fair. no, no, no. This is fair. I'm listening. I'm listening. I, in the in the moment, I agreed to it, but I agreed to it while having multiple panic attacks a day, being suicidal, horribly depressed, and not at all in my right state of mind, agreed to it after being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to do it. And I broke. And even after it happened, like I had a less nuanced understanding of consent at the time. Yeah. That I remember joking with friends and being like, hey, you dude, it felt bad. It felt icky. I don't feel like the same person. I feel dirty. And you know what? If I hadn't agreed to it, I'd say it was rape. But... It's something that I, from a standpoint that you were at when yeah. it turns to consent, yeah. I used to be there. And I'm not saying that like I'm at a higher level than you or mm-hmm. in, like, you know, You've as, had a different ascended. experience. You've I've had, had a different, different experience. experience. Yeah. And my understanding of consent is much more nuanced now. And when someone is in a weakened state like that, it's no different than say, um, like uh, in a, a, a hospital or something and there is a, an older person or someone who's injured or mentally disabled and they are taken advantage of. And yeah, they agree to it. But they, you know, especially if you're mentally disabled, you can't agree to something like that because you may not mentally be capable of understanding the ramifications of what you're doing. And at the time, that's where I was. I was not in a mental state that I could realistically agree to something like that. And I did. And it changed me. And I'm going through therapy now, but it did affect me and still affects me. It's a really hard thing. But given the state I was in, I mean, I look at it no different than like, say, like a contract situation with a business. If you're fucked up and you're mentally unstable and you agree to a contract, that contract will get thrown out in a heartbeat in court. This is very bizarre. Well, no, but it's a power power dynamic. I understand what you're saying. This is, I know what story you're talking about too. Right. So it's a, it's a power dynamic that no different than say like two business people and one person is. You know, there's no difference between going through horrible trauma and being gaslit to near suicide and not being in your right mind than somebody who say like stoned or really high on any kind of drug and agreeing to some contract or agreement that they don't really are not mentally at the time capable of agreeing to. If you like say you did a business dealing where you, you know, you pulled some shady shit where you took a dude out and just got him fucking blitzed. And he's just, he's 10 drinks deep. Mm-hmm. He's slurring his speech. And you're like, bro, I want to buy your company. I'll give you this amount of money. I'll blow you up. And he's like, bro, let's do it. You know, no, just fucking you're going to go to court and that's going to get, yeah, that's going to get thrown out. There's absolutely, as, as unfortunately as callous an opinion of relationships to an extent are power dynamics. And well, they definitely, especially. They definitely Ones where one person is well below you in terms of physical power or mental power, regardless of the state, you can't agree. Like if, you know, you go to court with that and they're like, this dude took advantage of me. He, I agreed to go out with him, but then he got me drunk and he made me agree to things when he was in a much higher mental functioning state than I was. Any contract lawyer or judge would throw that out in a heartbeat and it would be invalid. So There's no difference than in, in just because it's sex doesn't mean that it's a verbal contract. What, when did you realize that you needed to seek therapy for this? For that specific thing? Yeah. 
Or are you already in therapy? I'm in. Th- I was in therapy already. Okay. But it wasn't until recently. It, it took really? a lot. Yeah, That's, it yeah, was. That was like a year or two ago. Two right? years. Two yeah. Years ago, yeah. It because of like, you know. It's hard to say how long it truly took me to think about it because there was a lot of trauma involved. And so, like, it, it, the, the science of trauma is really interesting and not something I truly knew a lot about until I went through it. Um, that it physically changes the neural pathways of your brain. It changes the chemistry of your brain. It changes your thought process. It changes your personality mm-hmm. um, because it's a defense mechanism. And it took me a long time to get to a place like, you know how like, like everybody goes through this when they're dealing with something that like when one domino falls and that's taken care of, mm-hmm. two other things pop up because you're less burdened with that. You can think about other things. And just recently there was in the last month or so, there was a situation where I, I was stoned, like pretty stoned. So I was <laughs> very free thinking, yeah but I think sober, I would have come to the same conclusion. I was watching... I just happened to be watching a couple things on documentaries or YouTube short films or something about consent and the ethics and the actual philosophy of that. And when my understanding of consent became not black and white, because nothing in this world is black and white. There's no, yes, you agree, you've given up all rights. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of gray area. When my understanding of consent became more gray, so to speak. Yeah. I, a lot of those, I mean, I had those memories, but I had blocked them out, but a lot of them came back to me and I started thinking about them and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck happened? And it became something that stuck with me and it's not like a false memory. It's something that I very unfortunately vividly remember. And at the time feeling bad and even saying to myself and other people and you, I believe too, that, Mm -hmm. Had I not agreed to it, man, I think that was rape. And I realize now that it was. Well, because, yeah, at the time I quote unquote willingly participated, but I was pushed and coerced to participate after being badgered and already in a weakened state in a power dynamic that I was well below. It was not even in any way. I got to tell you, I love you. Number one, you've definitely opened my eyes. I definitely only look at this argument from one perspective and not the other. I think that's so one it's thing. very interesting that you're looking at it from a completely different perspective, which it's going to make me look into things from the other perspective. Um, it's just, one. It's one thing that I have learned. They, are, you know, everybody's like, you know, you're older. You'll understand things more when you're older. You know, everybody, like, I don't buy that whole bullshit that, you know, like, you get more conservative as you get older. I think you get more nuanced. You get better understanding of everything. You get less hardened. Unless you are just, unless you don't go through hardship. If you have a good life and you make a lot of money and you don't really have much happen to you bad, I think, yeah, you're not going to really go through much personal growth. You're not going to have a lot of change. But... And it's not to say that my personality is, I, it was like I was purple and now I'm just green, you know? It's more like I've been through some shit so I kind of understand things better because I can, the more experience I have in different arenas, the more empathy I have for others. I'm mm-hmm. already an empathetic person to start, so that, you know, whatever. But the more empathy I have for other situations because, yeah, I used to have a more a more black and white view 
of especially things like that, where it's just like, you agreed to it, you put yourself in the situation, you know, but when you put yourself in that situation, you agree to it within reason. And yeah. you put your trust and your consent into someone else's hands. And when someone takes advantage of you and you enter into a, but you know, as, as callous as, you know, in the sense as BDSM is that, you know, people talk about contracts, that couples have contracts yeah. of what they agree to and not. It's not necessarily callous to me and more of an adult, realistic outlook on relationships that everything is a power dynamic and it's not like you have less of an understanding or feeling for somebody and more like you two are putting yourself out there plain as day i agree to this i ain't doing this and then you agree to it and you stick to it you break that you're done you know and you're blackballed the issue with the the gray is so you say yes right Right. And then you're like, oh, man, you can withdraw consent at any time. Right. All right. But if you don't, and then you come out against said person, right? Right. Is it worth them going in a cage for that? Because at, the, at mean, the end I, of the day, at the end of the day, sometimes to me, to me, to, and, and because, yeah. no, just remember when Continue. I'm saying this, I love you. You do have a certain amount of personal responsibility and personal ownership. So if you don't want to be in a situation, like and you can withdraw consent at any time. We all agree on that. You got to withdraw withdraw consent. So like that's right. What I'm but that's also to, but I, that, I no no. That, and respectfully, that argument also relies on the fact of. I don't think it's necessarily realistic because, depending on the power dynamic, you know, you go into a situation with somebody. Say you're in the middle of the act, and you're like, I'm. I can't. This is weird. I'm out. How did we get here? We're you know, so balls deep in this. This is, this, is, this is what the show is. You know, let's say, yeah, like I said, you're in the middle of the act. One party decides, you know, this isn't what I thought it is. I can't do this. In a situation where someone feels free to make that decision, mm-hmm. they know the other party is going to be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Okay, we're done. No. In a situation where someone is really truly taken advantage of, they're not going to be in a mental state or be feel comfortable to make that decision because the power dynamic is so shifted. They don't have any power yeah. or they have so much less than the other party that, yeah, you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm done, dude. I'm not, I can't, I can't. That, you know, in the case of somebody who is physically much smaller mm-hmm. than the other party could be physically made to or hurt or yeah. killed or mentally does not have the the mental fortitude or the mental like power in a sense, like power in the sense of like output to do that because they're emotionally or mentally compromised in that position. Yeah. If I, well, first of all, if I were in the right mind that I am actually, which is now, no, that would have never happened in that state. I would not have felt like I was able because I was mentally broken and beaten down by this other party to like I and I'm not exaggerating to the edge of suicide there's no way that I would have felt comfortable and there's no way I could have because if I had it I felt like it could have resulted in physical harm to a mortal degree it, it, it that's see that's why in terms of when it comes to and again before this happened to me 
I used to be less nuanced and be more like you agree to it, you know, you reap what you sow, so to speak. And then also, you know, let's let the court decide, you know, that kind of let the evidence speak for itself. Having been through that and have a much deeper understanding of how the actual legal system works with this subject. And my experience is not that much different from other people who have gone through that. Rape is not a law and order SVU style thing. It's way more nuanced and way more common than you think. It's not always person walking in a dark alley, somebody jumps out with a knife and throws them on the ground and forces them. That's like a tenth of a 1% of cases. It's mostly people who are, in, it's power dynamics. Somebody who's taken advantage of because of mental, physical state, that kind of thing. And folks, that's why we all got to be on our shit. We got to be healthy. We got to be checking in, meditating, and making sure we're clear. To, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very valid. Thank you. And I appreciate you feeling comfortable enough to uh, share it with appreciate our you listeners. Listening. And having an open mind. To you. I, I definitely have an open mind. You, you have an, I, w- I won't lie to you. Like, it's, you're, it's, it's hard for me to, much like a... So I... I know, so, like, like, hold on. Yeah. Much like a, like a person of color or whatever would be like, yo, you never understand what it's like to... Like, okay, for me, I'm a pretty fucking dominant, strong, like... Right. I ain't gonna fucking take shit, you know what so I mean? So am I. So it's hard for me to, but I've never been, in, well, I mean, I've never been to a level where I felt suicidal or bullied yeah. or anything. So it's hard for me to understand where you were. So, you I you know, can't when people I've talk about, you know, when talk, people talk about privilege, mm-hmm. one thing I realized privilege is a, a bad word. They shouldn't, it's, it's not a bad word in the sense it's bad, but it's, it's not accurate, it's, it's perspective. If you, like, I had an upbringing fairly similar to yours. I came from two parents. My parents were married my whole life. They, you know, I was lower middle class. You know, they had money troubles, but I never truly had to worry as a kid about my state of being. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't necessarily put me in the best perspective to understand off the bat people in poverty, you know, in certain systemic and structural poverty versus just, you know, shit out of luck, money poverty. And in the same way, sexually, I was never in a position to truly understand from a mental aspect of what that's like versus just a legal aspect. If you do, if you take everything black and black and white, yes or no, then it, you know, anybody who's been in any kind of relationship, sexual or not, knows there's no such thing as black and white. It's all shades of gray. Yeah. You know, and that's no different. And unfortunately, the legal system isn't set up to work like that in that situation because it, it, most most rapes that happened and most sexual assaults that happened aren't reported. And the ones that are generally don't go to trial or get any kind Maybe of it. any kind of conviction because it's extremely hard to prove because if it's just unless it's like I said unless it's like a, a law and order SVU TV style kind of sexual assault where there's paper trails and people in an alleyway and you've got witnesses that's one thing but most of the time it's two people in a bedroom or alone mm-hmm. in private and it's you know he a, said she said and it's all hearsay yeah. and you can't prove it which is the problem because that's why when people say you should believe victims, that's why. It's because you can't 
you should believe victims until there's an overwhelming Bro, amount of evidence to prove against I, it. The, I mean, we've fought about this before. I remember a, a while ago, but I, I, that's that's just a I don't know. Like that's it's it's. That's, I mean, it definitely it's very happened. it's very it very you look nuanced. at the you look at the yeah. But I but to be honest, don't even fucking go near the legal system or any of that with a ten foot pole on this subject. Oh no, I mean I don't I have, have enough no understanding of the legal system to clue. say this is whatever. It's horrible. Don't rape. Ladies and <laughs> yeah. gents, okay. <laughs> Even the ladies, but they, don't I fucking know. Don't be a dick. That's that's the moral of the story. Yeah, <laughs> that was fucking heavy, man. That yeah. was fuck. I got real heavy. That's what I'm here for. I did some. You were just thick boy burning the heat. You were a goddamn tortured soul, and I love it. Unfortunately, yeah. You're tortured. You're you an know. artist, bro. It's like I you're, have. You're probably one of the most sensitive, complex people I know. I'll take that as a compliment. It's a, it's a, definitely a compliment, man. Yeah, You're beautiful. It's, You're beautiful. It's like I, I have said to other people, and I may have said this to you, but all of this shit that's happened to me was the quantifiably the most traumatic and damaging period of my life. But on the other side of it, as hard as it is to say, I am glad that it happened because it made me who I am. Now... I am a single case and I am my own personality and I am my own everything and that's not universal. So definitely every, every person who is a victim of a crime like that is different. But in my case, and I only, and I will, I will say this for everything that I ever say, it speaks to, especially for something like this, it is for me and my perspective and I hold no one else accountable to this but myself. I'm glad it happened to me Unfortunately, I'm glad it happened to me because it taught me a lot about myself. It brought me to a lot of help to help me with a lot of issues that I had and didn't know I had. And it also led me to the point where I found a person who is truly like, you know, people always say the ride or die. Like I found that. And that person is unequivocally supportive, loving, and caring of me with no pretense. And that's what everybody deserves. And I am glad I found it. And because if I didn't, I genuinely don't know where I would be. I don't think I would be alive. I don't, I don't necessarily credit her with helping me to live, but she put me in a, in a place where I could ask really hard questions of myself and do a lot of really hard work with myself and get to a point where I am. Can if I still live, got a long ways to go. Oh, correct. I mean, everybody does. No yeah. one ever gets to the mountaintop. Don't ever be. We're satisfied. always going to be Icarus rolling the ball up the hill. Fuck no yeah. matter what. But what it's, they don't tell you is Icarus had a smile on his face yeah, every day. Exactly, because he was out. He's about there to get to work. Hey, and that's what this show's about. It's about conquering your inner bitch. It's about being better than you were yesterday. It's about learning. I learned a lot today. I learned, you know, it's, it's, it's about not being married to your ideas, shedding some ideas for new and better ones and always having an open mind. The mind is like a parachute. It only works if it's open. Always listen. That's the thing is don't assume that you know and don't assume that you know more. Just listen to everybody and at that point, 
make your own conclusions, but definitely people that have gone through experiences like this or anything, regardless of what the content is, they know better than you unless you've been through a lot more than they have. And exactly. even then, you don't know better than them. You're just another person who's gone through it. It's Although, another perspective. Exactly. It's another perspective and be afraid to listen. Well, we're going to wrap it up, but I'll leave you with this, listeners. Stay classy. And, and if you can't change your situation, change yourself. Stay positive. There's so much love in the world. And if you're not seeing it, fucking create that love. I love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.